We've got uh, Scott Bennett with us this morning, State Senator. Scott, how are you this morning? Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. Good. Glad to have you with us this morning. A little rain out there, so... <laughs> It'll make uh, the drive to Springfield, which is not that much fun to begin with. It's yeah. a little more dreary today, but, uh, you know, after the last few weeks, I can't complain about rain. Well, as long as we're not sliding around the roads, right? Yeah, we're going to get the same thing Thursday, the way it sounds. In fact, it's going to start. It does seem to be a cruel, a cruel pattern right now. <laughs> it right? does. We get buried, and then we just get kind of shoveled out, uh-huh. and here comes the next wave. But You get outside, uh, you know, and it's, you know, 50, 60 degrees. Everything feels good, and you're like, man, I wish I would have been out here sooner. But uh, we're back to the same stuff here shortly, so enjoy it we while are, you can. And, and, and every year we forget we've spent our whole life in Illinois in the winter. So yeah. It's like, what? So, <laughs> no, it's snowed here? Like, really? Shouldn't be a problem, <laughs> but yet it is. Yes, it is. Well, Scott, what's going to happen over in Springfield? Well, we're in probably a little over halfway through the session at this point uh, because uh, they've moved. It's a it's a shortened session. It went from beginning of January. You know, we're supposed to adjourn. I think the second week of April. So. Everything's kind of fast-forwarded a month. There is a week off in the middle there for uh, spring break, which gives staff a chance to kind of, uh, I mean, they don't get the time off. Basically, they go from, you know, taking all the bills that just passed the Senate and get them over to the House and vice versa. Um, but, you know, the main thing, of course, uh, like like uh, every year, is the budget. Um, the governor gave his, I think since I was on last, the, the governor gave his proposed budget, um, which was pretty encouraging. Uh, particularly in, in our world, uh, in the Champaign-Urbana area, um, a, a large increase, 5%, which is large for Illinois, uh, for higher education, um, about $400 extra million, $400 million extra for MAP grants, which are middle, which are for middle and lower um, income families. Um, a lot of that will come to our community colleges and will come to uh, the University of Illinois. So, um, that's a that's a, a big boon for uh, our area, which is welcome. Um, and then just in different parts of the state, the recognition that during the pandemic, yes, federal money was helpful, um, but the fact that we were able to pay off a lot of bills as we were going, which hadn't been done during the budget impasse, means we're getting better interest rates on our bonding and our on our loans, um, which saves you know tens of millions of dollars every year. So. Um, that plus just a lot more money coming in for sales tax. Fewer people went to restaurants, which uh, services aren't taxed in Illinois, but a lot more people put that money into maybe building addition on their house or doing something else, which did generate income tax, uh, sales tax revenue. Um, and so that was uh, one um, surprising benefit of the last couple of years, um, just to see additional revenue coming in and then ways we can use it smartly for long-term um, benefit. Well, the president is trying to deal with uh, Mr. Putin right now, and it uh, seems like kind of a rough way to go. He's uh, already uh, not necessarily declared war, but he's gone into the Ukraine and a couple of cities already. So it doesn't look like that problem's going to go away, does it? It does not. And, uh, you know, the, the problems that we have in Europe, uh, and I include the Ukraine kind of in that, even though I don't know maybe we consider Europe, but the same alliance issues that they had that they have today were what started, you know, World War One, um, yeah. and in that, you know, countries that don't. So, for example, people say, well, you know, 
people will just be with us. Well, not necessarily sorry, other countries would just be the United States. Countries like Germany depend heavily on Russia for their energy. And so, you know, if we put even economic pressure on Russia, um, which is a, a, a harsher penalty that people realize, I know people go, okay, what's the big deal about that? That has been one of the um, sticking points with Russia now for a couple decades um, is that they, you know, United States still moves the needle on, on the world economy. And if we um, put economic sanctions on a country, it makes it almost impossible for them to grow in the way they want to grow. Um, and so that would force Russia then to put pressure on their allies to say, hey, can you make the United States going to back off or put some, some counter pressure on them? Um, and so what happens is you end up blurring the lines of the traditional alliances and allies that we've had. I think if we try to learn from the last hundred years, we realize that no matter how powerful the United States is, we need friends on the international stage. Um, a lot of this really boils down to uh, Russia not wanting um, not wanting those alliances. They don't want NATO, um, and so they don't want to see Ukraine join NATO, which is just another another um, uh, country kind of on their border, which um, you know could unite against them if 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 need be. So. Russia has always benefited from a fractured, you know, world, everybody on their own. I mean, there's a reason they've spent so much time uh, trying to divide the United States uh, with social media. I heard you talk about that when I first came on uh, with all their bots and the fake, you know, hundreds of millions of fake Facebook accounts to confuse people and get people angry at one another. Um, and what a what a surprising way. Like, you don't need to fire nuclear weapons now. You can you could do it by misinformation and they've done that all over the world in different yeah. places. Just, you know, like the, like the kid in your junior high class that just starts fights, you know, <laughs> did you hear what, what, what yeah. Dave said about you? Well, no, I, my friend, <laughs> that kind of thing can create as much global unrest, um, often as, as an invasion can, uh, or it, it, it piggybacks on when their invasion comes, no one knows where their uh, alliances um, can be trusted. Well, it does seem that Vladimir Putin is that kid we were just talking about in junior high. He wants to reassemble the old USSR, and nobody else wants him to do that. So I think we've got a problem right from the outset. There is a, we have, you know, obviously those who've lived through the Cold War, um, you know, remember it well and remember the, the challenge it was uh, when you had the United States versus USSR. Um, I studied there in college uh, in Russia. I, I took Russian as a foreign language. I've spent a lot of time. Um, I'm, I'm certainly no, you know, foreign uh, expert, um, but there's no question. I mean, the pride they still feel when I was there is after, you know, the Soviet Union fell and you could still, you know, the, the old pride they had of being a superpower and then being kind of reduced to um, just one of, you know, maybe the top 15 countries in the world. Um was was evident when you talk to them. So that's going to be an incredibly powerful thing. The nationalism, the patriotism in, in Russia, I think Putin is tapping into that well. And, you know, you draw your own comparisons through through the world. I mean, there, there's, there's been plenty of, of uh, dictators and, and despots that have started that way by telling their country, hey, we could be something different. And, you know, if you all join me. Um, and then ultimately that has a very negative effect. Well, doesn't it sound like our governor a little bit there? Or do you? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was making a much darker comparison. I didn't, I didn't think you'd go you'd go that route. Uh, but 
No, no, I wouldn't compare it to the governor. Well, what else do you see happening in Springfield over the next few weeks? Well, I'll tell you what I'm working on. Uh, so I'm the chair of the Senate Higher Education Committee. And as mm-hmm. I said before, you know, we know it's the largest university in the state, two terrific community colleges uh, right in our district here. Um, we understand what power higher ed has uh, to change the direction of the state from, you know, from a stagnant one to a very positive one. Um, and so uh, the, the, the bills that I'm working on right now with the Higher Education Working Group, which is a bipartisan uh, group of legislators, including Senator Rose, who's uh, obviously local as well, um, has to do with uh, universal admission. So states, uh, Texas has done this uh, with a lot of fanfare. If you are, say, a top 10% um, percent graduate, you know, you're in the top of your class at St. Joe or Muhammad. Um, instead of like, okay, now I have to apply to schools, the universities basically admit um, that student automatically to all the Texas schools right now. But what is interesting is they are proactive. Instead of waiting for you to apply to not just the U of I, but also Governor State, Chicago State, Eastern, Southern, they basically send you a web, uh, an email and say, you're admitted to all these schools. Just click here and fill up, the, fill up this form and you're in. Um, and that is a much more, um, the much more successful way to get students and families. Some of the legislators who are going through this with their families right now and saying, I mean, it's just, it's another, it, it's like having another job. Uh, you got to pay, you know, an application fee, you have to fill out these forms, you got to mess with financial aid. And you might apply to, in state of Illinois, you might apply to U of I, but if you don't get into U of I, then their you know, next step often is out of state, and then we lose those students forever. Um, and so the idea is, hey, we need to make sure that we promote and say, just so you know, you know who has a, you, you know, I see you want to be in, in nursing. You know who has a great nursing program right here in Illinois. It may not be U of I, but there's another school right here that, that, that can do it. Um, and so that kind of, it's a, it's a, it seems like we're like giving everything over on a platter uh, to, to, you know, like, um, I, I, you know, someone made a comment like, don't we want these students to work a little harder and like do some research? But the fact is they're not doing that. And other states are doing this exact thing. So we want to make sure that we are comparing well to those other states. Well, times, the, other, the other bill that I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying times are changing whether we like it or not, you know, so. Times are changing and we have to realize it's not just the student, it's the parents, right? They're working yeah. more than ever. Um, they're coming home and the last thing they want to do necessarily is, is, you know, spend two hours at night when they're when they're just getting off work, reading college catalogs on financial right. aid. We we need to uh, make it as easy as possible because other schools and other states are making Illinois high school students feel wanted, and because of that, I mean, sometimes it's just a small amount of financial aid. Sometimes it's you haven't even applied, but we're sending you information. Um, kind of like you hear about with the best athletes, right? They're getting recruited. Mm-hmm. We need to think of students in the same way because that's a much better investment through, you know, the next 50 years. If we keep you in Illinois and you said, well, okay, I never thought about going to Western, but I want to go into law enforcement. Western Illinois sure. is one of the better law enforcement programs in the country. They go, they end up going there, but then they stay in Illinois their whole life. They, they, they have their law enforcement career here. We benefit in so many ways from just being more proactive. And and we can ignore it. We could say, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Okay, but then we're gonna continue to lose some of our best students um, to other states who are going to do that, who are gonna put in the effort. Uh, and right. I'll say briefly, the other bill that I'm really working on has to do with free textbooks. It's another way we're trying to 
uh, improve that comparison with other states. Um, what, I, what the bill is out of committee, um, but I, I still have some work to do on it, um, is the idea that um, if you're an Illinois resident, you shouldn't have to pay for your textbook uh, if you go to an Illinois school. All right. Um, Thank you, Scott you know, Bennett. Right, We're running yeah, long, absolutely. buddy. We appreciate your I'm time sorry. this morning. Too much, too much going on. Uh, that's for sure. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank okay, you, sir. We'll we appreciate it. All right.